Ooh boy, a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that, man. It's freaking crazy this week. I'm so pumped. It is, it is. I totally thought you were gonna go with I want a new drug. <laughs> just just in honor of the, of the guest coming on, but like you yeah, know, it's a, he's too young for Huey Lewis. So I would have done like Dr. Phil Good Motley. Okay, Crew. all right, yeah. all right. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited though. Episode 176, we're back. That's right, baby. And we got the one and only Danny Strong coming yes. on this show to talk about his highly anticipated show dope sick that has all the a-listers in it you guys know we've been talking about it in the industry news like basically for half the year now so it's going to be super exciting to hear about how he landed all of these massive people got keaton 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 i mean i mean that's right there (laughs) and you'll find out exclusively on our show who the hell joey grayson is yeah that's right It's like, that sounds familiar. The last name sounds familiar, but who the fuck is Joey? Oh, man, oh, man. You want to know? You'll find out later on. But now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 178. Man, oh man, it's going to be a great freaking show because you know myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only... Mouth, what's up? Yeah. I think 176, right? You're yeah. trying to jump us two weeks ahead. No, I said 176. I said 176. We're going to check it. We're going to check gonna it. You'll listen, it. and if I'm right... Just, I don't know. Exactly. If I'm right, nothing. Nothing, yeah, basically. You know, you know. But guys, it's going to be an amazing show. We're super excited. We're always crazy. We're already crazy. Hopped up on coffee and caffeine and all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Man, oh man. <laughs> that that would imply it spiked somehow. Right, it's exactly. It's not. It's, it's not, not Irish coffee, I swear. Guys, we're so pumped though. I mean, there's some new Marvel news coming out. A new Marvel show slash spinoff mm. that is a very interesting premise that we are honestly not expecting and i was expecting a solo film honestly before something like this happened but there's so much other stuff that's going on of course game of thrones releasing a trailer for the house of dragon oh my goodness guys of course we're talking about all the big players in the entertainment industry all the studios so it's gonna get freaking crazy it is but it before is. we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com Dot com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear out right freaking now new designs coming soon it's fall y'all so we're getting a little crazy you guys know we love it and we love you but man <laughs> let's get started with some disney marvel we're so pumped because marvel studios is developing a spinoff like i teased of the emmy winning show wandavision for disney plus yes now the potential spinoff would center around Catherine han's character agatha Hargness character, uh, which Han is set to reprise across the MCU, uh, the streaming, and in the movies under a large deal she made with the studio. Yes. Now, like you said, I thought maybe we'd see her in movies first before this would ever happen. Yeah. I think this is – we talked about this a little bit before we started recording the show, but I think this is maybe to satisfy the fans that thought that Mephisto was going to be the big baddie. Yeah. Um, You know, and um, I I think this is going to be a way to enter into that world and kind of you know explore that and and give the fans that without having to kind of go back um so i, I don't know i i have you know i'm kind of mixed on this one i thought agatha was hilarious and i thought Catherine was just brilliant in the role for sure um but i don't know you know will we see wanda 
Well, I mean, you know, I guess we'll find out after what happens in Doctor Strange. We don't yeah. even know what's going to happen. So Exactly. I mean, everybody's much anticipated waiting on Spider-Man No Way Home. That's right. But is that one going to lead into Doctor Strange? You know, I'm pumped. Exactly. Will we see Wanda in Spidey? Yeah. Right? Like, that's the big thing. We know we see Doctor Strange, but will we see Wanda? Mm. I mean, that I, there's just no telling. All these questions. What we do know, though, is that Disney likes to keep it all in the family, it's right? True. So it's, with the obvious success of Shang-Chi, this next one only makes sense. Disney Plus has given a straight-to-series order to American-born Chinese, an action comedy series based on the 2006 gra- graphic novel by Gene Lewin Yang. Mm. Now, Destin Daniel Cretton, who is the director of Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, is set to direct and executive produce the Disney-branded television series. It's going to be produced by 20th Television. Uh, What's it about? The series tells the story of Jin Wang, an average teenager juggling his high school social life with his immigrant home life. When he meets a new foreign student on the first day of school year, even more worlds collide as Jin is unwittingly entangled in a battle of Chinese mythological gods. Oh, shit. The action comedy explores issues of identity, culture, and family. Comedy. Wow. That's a lot <laughs> that happening sounded in a comedy. deep to be a comedy, but yeah. I mean, there it is. Yeah, man. That one's going to be very freaking interesting. But there was a lot of comedy in Shang-Chi, which makes was. this the perfect guy to do this, right? I, I think it's going to be brilliant. And I love touching on more of the Asian culture because we need to see more of that representation in the yes. entertainment industry. So I think that's very important. And so does Disney. Disney obviously knows what's best for representation. So they're doing a phenomenal They've the job. Way. They've been doing a phenomenal job, man. Uh, Next one, L.A. Law has taken a major step in its TV comeback. ABC has given a pilot green light to the new incarnation of the iconic Stephen Bacho legal drama. The project, which had been in the works of the network since December, is headlined by Blair Underwood reprising his role as attorney Jonathan Rollins in addition to executive producing the show. Uh, In this new series, a vulnerable law firm of Mackenzie Brackham Brackman uh, reinvents itself to a litigation firm uh, uh, specific specific specializing <laughs> there it is uh, in an only most high profile boundary pushing and crazy ass cases while focusing uh, will be on the new generation of lawyers at the firm working uh, with Rollins, the original cast members would likely make appearances uh, should the pilot go to series, which is very exciting because I know this one had a big fan base. And, you know, Disney likes to listen to its fans. So I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, come on. I mean, Jimmy Smits and Corbin Burnson, why not put them on there, right? Exactly. Like, I, I think people are – I mean, Corbin Burnson's killing it on The Resident. And as we know, Jimmy Smits has been everywhere. So, um, yeah. Bring them back. Bring them back. Um, Another one who now needs a job because, you know, Prodigal Son is off the air. Former Scandal star Bellamy Young is returning to ABC as lead opposite John Ortiz Mm. in Promised Land, a Latinx family drama starring Ortiz and Krista Ocho. This is the one about the winery and the vineyards and, and like, all that kind of power-hungry kind of stuff um, that we've been telling you about. Young will apparently play Margaret Honeycroft, a hotel magnet and longtime nemesis of vineyard owner Joe Sandoval, who's, of course, plays by Ortiz. So uh, that cast keeps rounding out. I'm kind of down for this one just 
because it's wine. Right. <laughs> I knew you I mean, would it literally sounds like Dynasty on a wine vineyard instead of the oil fields, but what the fuck? I'll do it anyway. I, I, I'm in. Exactly, I'm in. exactly. Well, another Scandal <laughs> alum, Jeff Perry, is set as a leading male opposite of Hillary Swank in ABC's Untitled Alaska Set Drama Pilot. Uh, the, po- the project features Swank as Eileen, a star journalist who moves to Alaska for a fresh start after a career-killing misstep and finding redemption uh, personally and professionally joining a daily metro newspaper in Anchorage. Now, Perry uh, plays Stanley, a solid leader, but not without his own quirks. A journeyman, a journalist, raised in Alaska. He's had a long career as the editor working at various Metro dailies in the lower uh, 48. He came back to Anchorage with an express, or with the express idea of running the Daily Metro newspaper in Anchorage, and mm. I mean, I'm excited about this because I feel like a lot of shows, like the Morning Show and like this one, are going to be popular because people get to see the inside world of these publications and of these news outlets. Yeah, which and, is amazing to see. I, and, and I mean, newspaper. Yeah. What? Like, like that's like this is going to be the modern day Lou Grant. Yeah. Like right? maybe right and and. I bet they clash. Yeah. I bet they clash at first anyway. I, I hope I it like goes deep into detail about how the paper is like on its last leg and kind of dying. So maybe they'll try to revitalize it a little bit. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. And it's, it would also – there's another interesting take to it that like how do – how does it – how do? How do? How do? How does Alaska cover the 48? That's real. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, because they're kind of like their own little yeah. <laughs> world out there. So I don't know. There's so many different things. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. Uh, and so does this one. We got a casting change, guys. Jessica Beale, a.k.a. Mrs. Timberlake, uh, is set to play Kindy Montgomery, who killed her church friend with an axe in Texas in the True Crime Limited series for Hulu. Now, she replaces uh, Elizabeth Moss, mm. as you guys know. We reported on that, who dropped out of the lead role, apparently, due to scheduling conflicts. Now, the streamer has handed Candy a series order and it comes after the project landed at the streamer last year and yeah it does seem like it's been a year since we first started reporting about that yeah. but i love jessica beale i think she's a phenomenal actress and i think she's gonna slay in this i mean agreed and she needs more projects to step into the limelight too because it's kind of been a while i mean nothing like high profile this is the one with uh, elizabeth olsen too right uh no that's a competing one same Ah, type story but competing same man oh man Mm. so you need the big stars you need the big (laughs) stars well the americans creative duo joss weisberg and joel fields are back together for their next fx project the network has given a 10 episode order for the patient Mm. uh, a half hour limited series from fields weisberg and fx productions with steve carell set to star and executive producer the patient is a psychological thriller centered around a uh, psychotherapist who's played by Carell, uh, who finds himself held prisoner by a serial killer with an unusual request. Uh, curb his homicidal urges, but unwinding the mind of this man while also dealing with the waves of his own repressed troubles creates a journey, perhaps a treacherous, as treacherous as his captivity. 
that's a lot freaking happening, man. But I also really love how Steve Carell is doing all of these dramas right now because a lot of people only know him from like, you know, 40-Year-Old Virgin and all these other different comedy stuff, The Office. But, I mean, he's such a great dramatic actor, so I love to see it. He is. And now the next looming question is who's going to play the serial killer? Right. Because I want to see who they're going to put up against Carell. That's going to be amazing. Exactly. That's going to be amazing. Okay, jump into Warder Media. And we've been talking about it. Logan's been talking about it all over social media and everything the big disappointment of the many saints of newark right and even though the film wasn't so hot at the box office it only made five million dollars on its opening some people say <laughs> the film did end up notching a million u.s households over the weekend that it opened on hbo max now that's according to samba tv which apparently monitors unique streaming viewership households in the state sides. Mm. Um, this comes as no surprise, given that it's based on the hit HBO series The Sopranos, obviously, that fans are used to seeing at home. Now, I agree with that part of it. I don't know about if it's one million or not. I don't know if they're inflating those numbers or not, but I do agree that I think it did not do well at the box office because Soprano fans would watch it at home. Yeah. Those are the fans that were going to go see it, and they're like, if they could watch it at home, they would. Yeah. So I, I do agree with that. I think they're just trying to do a nice little tidy news press, please don't be mad at us type shit, because <laughs> it was kind of a disappointing film overall for the creative aspect, but in the retrospect of, like, the business side of things, boy, oh boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, man, I think they're trying to justify the same-day releases and still trying to justify the same-day releases trying to quote-unquote give numbers on how this film did and they were trying to compare it as one of their most successful streaming films to date which i just i don't see it man i don't see it no, no doubt i feel like a lot of people they also mentioned in this article that i read that a lot of people before streaming the sh uh before streaming the movie there was a next bump for the show like a lot of audiences were going back and watches the show which i do not doubt whatsoever but to say that this is one of your most successful streaming movies when uh, I just I just don't believe it. I really don't. I think they're just trying to look good for the press. Well, and now because of the precedent that the settlement with Scarlett Johansson sets – and now that you say that, right, we saw a bump in The Sopranos, meaning a bump in subscribers or a bump in viewership on HBO Max. Yeah. Can some of the stars of this film make that argument that it, they intentionally same day released it to see a bump in subscribers knowing they would get that from The Sopranos fans? I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing. I don't think so because all of their shit was released same day, yeah. not just this particular movie as in the case of Black Widow, but it'll be interesting to see moving forward whether any kind of thing stems from that. Agreed, um, man. It's going to be very interesting. And like I said, it's really not an origin story of Tony Soprano. I'm just saying it's more about his uncle Dickie. Tony is actually barely even a main character. He's very much a secondary character, which is very very disappointing because they build it as his origin story and they fucking lied. <laughs> anyway, uh, this next one I'm actually really excited about getting away from the anger and going towards the happy sunlight. Uh, Warner Media re released <laughs> the spine tingling first teaser for its highly, hotly anticipated Game of Thrones spinoff, The House of the Dragon. And in it, we saw plenty of the narrator Matt Smith, who we're super excited about because we're huge fans of The Crown, or at least I am of the first two seasons, <laughs> um, with Matt Smith in it. 
and who is playing the Dragon Rider Prince, Damien Targaryen, uh, as well as the first look of several of the supporting cast. House of the Dragon Chronicles uh, will begin uh, beginning of the end of the House of Targaryen and the events leading up to the Targaryen Civil War, known as the Dance of the Dragons. There's a lot of fantastic shit happening in this, guys, so be sure to check it out. And uh, ten episode, the 10-episode series will air at an unspecified date in 2022. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean it's a limited series? Which I don't think so, so that's very interesting. Maybe it's a 10-episode, like... Uh, season one so but that would be way too little in my opinion (laughs) but we'll see man we will see but great trailer though great trailer yes it was fantastic uh hey mia kunis has been busy behind the scenes y'all she is apparently with her company orchard farm productions sold its first comedy film the masters of mini golf to warner brothers uh specifically for hbo max now who stars in this Her hubby, Ashton Kutcher, apparently will star in the film, which is currently in development, and it centers on, get this, a golf hustler, played by Kutcher, of course, and his older brother, who decide to take their schemes from the PGA to the Masters of Uh Mini Golf, and yes, in case you're wondering... That is actually a thing, apparently. Masters of mini golf. Interesting. Um, they quickly realized thereafter, though, that while the holes might be smaller, the competitors and the challenges are much, much bigger. Mm. Oh. Very interesting. This um, this is gonna be this is gonna be like a Happy Gilmore on a miniature golf course, right? Right, like (laughs) I mean, but it's gonna be hilarious because it's Kutcher, and if Mia Kunis was behind it, it's gonna be fantastic. So agreed, she's got that deal with Warner Media right now with everything going on, and of course, she likes to keep it all in the family, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, more exciting news in the DC universe: the hundredth episode of CW's DC Legends of Tomorrow will welcome back Wentworth Miller, who will reprise role as Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Captain Cold, for the series Milestone. Set to air October 27th, Legends of Tomorrow's 100th episode will be a retrospective that revisits the series past through newcomer Amy Louise Prin Bruton, mm-hmm. uh, Human Gideon. So yeah. that's very exciting. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it, it's nice to finally see her. She's been voicing Gideon forever, but yeah. now we get to see her actually do it. And kudos to actually hiring the actress that voiced it for all the time right. to actually yeah. be the person. I feel like a lot of the time they don't do that, but good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, and get this. Did you guys catch the uh, season finale of Riverdale? Are you guys still watching Riverdale? I don't right. know. Um, But if you caught it, then you know just hours after the fiery season and why fiery, you'll find out in a second if you haven't watched it. Um, Riverdale's uh, season finale, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina star, Kiernan Shipka, apparently revealed that she's set to appear as the character Sabrina on Riverdale's upcoming sixth season. Mm. So that's interesting, which will debut apparently in November. Now, her entrance into the Riverdale world comes as series regular and Kelly Ripa husband, Mark Consuelos, made his grand exit. Now, why fiery? Because apparently in the season finale, um, they saw Consuelos' Hiram Lodge set part of Riverdale on fire. Oh, shit. Fully ablaze uh, shortly after the main characters exiled him from the town. Oh, wow. Um, so, mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, 
Yeah. This show kept playing with my emotions, so I just had to drop off. And even more so, it seems like they're playing with everybody else's emotions. So it's fucking crazy, guy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I'll let you take this next one because I know your heart is heavy for and this it's one. And speaking of playing with my emotions, yeah. I'm, I don't know how to feel about this one. But if you guys saw the big season finale of Billions on uh, Showtime, you know what I'm talking about. Damian Lewis is officially leaving after a five-season run as the alpha male hedge fund billionaire Bobby Axelrod. Um, Showtime confirmed that Lewis will no longer be a series regular going forward, but the producers are saying that they're holding out the possibility of the character returning to Billions universe one day, which makes sense on the way that they sent him out. He's hiding in Switzerland. He's got $2 billion, and I mean, we could conceivably see him make a comeback and come back, which, fingers crossed. The drama series set in the world of billionaires and global high finance as you know, it's already been renewed for a sixth season. They're already shooting that, um, which I'm super pumped about. Production is underway with Corey Stoll's Mike Prince. If you guys saw season five, you know Mike Prince is kind of the new guy now. He's the one who finally beat Axe, shut him down, and gave him the $2 billion. Like He could have had nothing, but Prince felt sorry for him and gave him the $2 billion to get him out of town. Uh, he's going to take center stage. He's going to be the new star of the show opposite Paul Giamatti's Chuck Rhodes and Maggie Siff's Wendy Rhodes. They're staying, thank God. Uh, Daniel Breaker has been upped to a series regular for season six in his role as Scooter, Prince's right-hand man like Wags, right? Uh, Wags is staying, though. And he's going to be a part of that. I don't know how that's going to work. This is why I'm mixed. I have mixed feelings for this. Season 6 premieres in January. Um, a lot of people were talking about, was this because of the passing of his wife? But I guess this has been in the works for like two years now. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Yeah. According, according to uh, Brian Koppelman and the creators, the idea has always to been to focus on what the billionaires are in society right now. And when this show was created five years ago, that focus was on hedge fund guys. And that was the big thing. That was the push. That's how everybody was rich and making money in there. But now the shift is, if you guys saw, like in season five, Mike Prince is more of the Jeff Bezos, mm. right? And, and, and type billionaire who wants to be a good guy and make an impact in the world and change things for the better. Um, but it's still a douchebag. But it's still a douchebag. Right, right? <laughs> like, so that's why the focus shifted, and it's always been the plan. So, um, and, I, you know, Damien Lewis, for his part, he said he thinks it's the right move because over the five years, Axe and Chuck have combated in so many different scenarios, in so many different ways. He felt like, what else could we do? Yeah. They've done everything. And he loved the idea that this this guy that came from nothing to get to the top and always wins – lost yeah so i mean he's happy with it yeah so it's that's gonna good. be very interesting to see how the show moves forward well star trek discovery will go where no trek show has gone before in more ways than one to be honest with you in the fourth season of the discovery franchise it picks up after michael burnham uh sanquia martin green was promoting to captain in season three finale the first time a black woman has sat in the captain's chair in a live-action Trek series set nearly a thousand years further than the future than any other Trek series before, Season 4 will find the crew of the Discovery contending with the massive abnormally that uh, anomaly that is five light years in its size. Uh, threatening to destroy the life throughout the galaxy, the event is so catastrophic that it pulls together words that are even in the are worlds that are even in the Federation and outside of it. Season four will premiere on November eighteenth on Paramount Plus. So this is very interesting to me because this show started off as a prequel. It's set ten years before 
the original series. So 10 years before Kirk and the gang ever, right? And now it's jumping a thousand years after the next generation, which is like insane. Uh, talking about spanning the, the, the timeline, right? Like 10 years before the original, a thousand years after the next generation. That's crazy. Who knows, man? I do not know. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's jump to MC and uh, blah, 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 NBC Universal. As you guys know, Everybody saw it. The big news, right? Kelly Campbell, who earlier this week left Hulu after four years, the last 20 months of those four years as president of Hulu, um, has been officially named the new president of the Peacock. Uh-oh. Reporting to Matt Strauss, who's chairman and direct-to-consumer and international at the Peacock, Campbell will be responsible for the streamer's businesses and work with leadership across NBC Universal Television, film, news, sports, and and on Peacock Live and original programming. And she starts the gig next month in November. So now we know why she left Hulu. Right, exactly, <laughs> man. The streaming wars is alive and well, guys. Well, Killian Murphy will play J. Robert uh, Mopienheimer. Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, and, and Christopher Nolan's upcoming historic uh, epic Oppenheimer. Uh, the story will focus on the American psychic. Uh, who physicist physicist there you go uh, whose role running the Los Angeles Los Almos uh, laboratory and involvement in the Manhattan Project has led him to be dubbed the father of the atomic bomb Universal Pictures will make the $100 million film after winning the rights to a feverish bidding war that also saw the likes of Paramount, Sony, and Warner Brothers. Now, this one will be released theatrically in North American theaters July 21st of 2023. Yeah, that's good casting. He's going to be a great Oppenheimer, and it makes sense that Warner lost that bid. Agreed. <laughs> Nolan said, fuck you, I'm never working with you again. Uh, this next one makes total sense to me. NBC has opted not to proceed with its drama pilot, Getaway, Headlined by Annie Lawson, it starred two leads of recently canceled broadcast series that have been renewed now all of a sudden. Um, so it makes total sense. Manifests Matt Long and All Rises Marg Helgenberger. Both actors are now available to do their other shows that have been resurrected, including their old ones, which both have been picked up for 20 episodes each. Long is in talks about rejoining Manifest as a series regular. The missing plane drama obviously was picked up for a fourth season by Netflix back in August following its cancellation on NBC. And Helen Berger was the only original cast member from All Rise that hadn't signed on when Own and Oprah, thank you, Oprah, renewed it uh, for a new season, but only because of the scheduling conflict for this show that that departed. Um, but now, not a problem. Now that she's released from that and her contractual stuff, she's probably going to go right there and sign the contract to come back to All Rise, which would make total sense. So, yay! Yeah, we're so super excited, man. We're so super excited. Now, the one that everyone is freaking talking about that had a massive weekend last week is Sony's Venom Let There Be Carnage. It crossed over $100 million at the box office during the freaking pandemic, guys, joining Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Black Widow. Disney's Jungle Cruise, Universal's Fast 9, and Paramount's A Quiet Place 2. At least it's kind of a competition. Everybody's yeah. going back and forth. And Warner Brothers, of course, Godzilla vs. Kong, which is freaking crazy, guys, because honestly, I wasn't expecting it to do this well, but it just completely knocked it out of the park. I think everybody was just excited to see Carnage on the big screen, 
And let's just say I was disappointed in that interaction. <laughs> and of course, it's glad that it overperformed and made all the money this past weekend because this weekend it's bumping, it's going, it's dropping for, for sure. sure. Why? Because MGM's No Time to Die is expected to win the box office this weekend with a projected haul of $60 million. Now get this, guys. It's the 25th film in the 007 franchise. It earned an impressive $23.5 million on Friday and Thursday night previews. The release also marks United Artists Releasing's widest theatrical release ever, mm. uh, opening across 4,407 theaters. Damn, that's so, crazy, yeah. man. I think it's going to do really well. It's a long-awaited film, so I'm really excited about it. Yep. Uh, jumping to Netflix, they have hired former Warner Brothers Executive Vice President of Production, Najee uh, Kukadindal. Kendall uh, as its new vice president of film, reporting to Scott Stuber, the man himself, the streamer's head of global film. In her new role, uh, well, she will oversee a new group focusing on mid-sized features at Warner Brothers. She worked on such blockbusters as the first It movie, on which exec- she was executive producer, and she was an Oscar winner on The Star is Born. And, of course, one that not a lot of people have been talking about recently. But was definitely among the awards chatter last year, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. So she has a nice resume, guys. So I'm interested to see how she will do moving forward. Oh, for sure, for sure. And the other big Netflix news that everybody's talking about is they're reviving an old Fox favorite. Yeah, right. That's right. You heard it. Netflix has ordered that 90s show, which is a spinoff of the hit Fox sitcom, that 70s show. And get this. Red is returning, guys. Yes. It's fantastic. He is. Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Joe Rupp, who played parents Red and Kitty Foreman in the original series, are set to return in that 90s show. Netflix has ordered 10 episodes of the show, which will be a multicam sitcom like the original in the new series. It's 1995. And get this. Who's, why? Why are Red and them there? Because apparently Leah Foreman, daughter of, that's right, Eric and Donna, is visiting her grandparents for the summer where she bonds with a mm. new generation of point play. Wisconsin kids under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of red. So now you know. I'm sure we'll see others pop in and out of there, but it looks like it's going to focus on their daughter and then the grandparents. That's cool, though. That's cool. At least they brought some of the originals back. I love to see it. I love to see it. Yeah, man. And speaking of the streaming wars, this is just another freaking example. Amazon Odetta Wetkins uh, is exiting Warner Brothers Television after 19 years with the company to join Amazon Studios as head of drama series. In her uh, newly created role, she will report to Laura Lane. Lancaster, uh, head of the series for Amazon Studios. She will uh, shepherd ongoing current series for the streamer, including Amazon Originals like Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, The Wilds, and much freaking anticipated for season two and star stubbed as well. Uh, Hunters with Al Pacino, Logan Lerman, all those good people. So it's freaking exciting, man. Yes. Okay, so we're going to wrap the industry news up before we get into the Big guest interview that we've got going on, you guys know, with Apple, right? And as you guys know, it's the holiday season. It's officially rolling, and it's rolling at Apple TV also as the streaming platform sets its first original Peanuts holiday special. Now, everybody loves a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? And I hated when they tried to make a new Christmas special with Charlie Brown. Just fucking keep the original, right? But don't worry. They're not doing that. They're going to handle what happens after. 
after Christmas, which yeah. is fantastic, right? The first holiday special for old Anxime. Oh, that's so awesome. In the special, after the Peanuts gang experiences a disappointing Christmas because Grandma can't visit, Lucy resolves to throw herself the best New Year's Eve party ever while Charlie Brown struggles to accomplish just one of his resolutions before the clock strikes midnight. The special will debut December 10th. I'm pumped about that. I, I know you it. are, man. I know you are. Literally every other drawing this man does, it's somebody from the Peanuts. <laughs> so it's really exciting, I though. love Charlie Brown! Exactly. And it definitely has become a family tradition to watch um, the the Thanksgiving yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Halloween. And Halloween, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. And yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. They're so good, guys. They're so good. Family, worn heart, all that good shit. <laughs> but now it is time for the one and only Danny Strong to come on the show and talk about this highly anticipated freaking show. Clear the shelves, Mr. Danny Strong, because you're going to win Emmys left and right. No doubt about it. I'm super excited. Oh, me too, man. And not just Danny. Everyone. Keaton, Rosario, Caitlin, like everybody involved with this thing if they don't win emmys it's going to be insane agree um i'm so excited for everybody to hear this interview you guys are going to absolutely love it just like like i've been teasing all week just him talking about keaton is worth the interview alone guys exactly. it's fantastic exactly exactly well here he is actor producer director writer extraordinaire danny strong welcome back inside the crazy Amphorm, man how are you buddy what's up guys how you doing it's great to be back <laughs> Yes. Always yes. love hanging with you guys. Oh, man, and we always love having you. It's always entertaining, always a joy to talk to you. Uh, before we even get started with anything, though, we would be remiss without telling you because we have been ordered to do so. Both of our interns, Jessica and Delana, love you as Jonathan on Buffy. <laughs> they wanted to pass along that message before we did anything, so message passed along. <laughs> nice. Let them know Jonathan loves them back. There you go. Yes, that, yeah. that will make their whole day. Right, That'll that's a great. sound yeah, clip right there. It's the character, it's not me. <laughs> You're like, ah. Loves them back. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Well, we are super pumped because we want to talk all about dope sick that i mean you know we've been we've been promoting it and talking about it and everything but this thing the buzz that it's getting it is so highly anticipated and as you know we we do a industry news section on the uh show every week and everything and i swear for like two months right logan been like two months it. straight it was like every week on the show we were talking about somebody new being added to the cast right <laughs> like this is like the most comprehensive most detailed in-depth a-list cast that we have seen in a long time um but I don't want to start there. I want to start okay. with how did it how did it come, right? Because for all the listeners who might not be familiar, it's based on Beth Macy's book, right? Dope Sick. So, mm -hmm. were you just kind of like reading the book and you were like, "Oh, this has to be made into a series or a movie. I've got to develop this." Did she reach out to you and come to How did it all come about, man? Sure. So, it's it's actually a, um, an unusual Hollywood story, although not completely crazy, um, <laughs> but but not what's expected. So, uh, it actually began with a producer named John Goldwyn okay. uh, took me to breakfast and said, I, uh, would you want to write and direct a movie about the opioid crisis? And I said, yeah, let me look into that. That's actually a really interesting idea. I'd read this really high profile article by Patrick Raiden Keith in The New Yorker. Mm. They kind of blew the whole Sackler story up. And then Esquire also had a story, you know, a week or two later. So it was it was sort of a zeitgeist moment for the story. Sure. Um, and so I started researching it. And, you know, there had actually been multiple books written on it at that point. And I was blown away by this story. I could not believe 
what this criminal company, Purdue Pharma, had done. Right. And that it was micromanaged by this family, right? And not even the whole family, just a very kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 people <laughs> from right. the family, yeah. the actual yeah. family controlled this company. Uh, and, and by the way, they lied for years about that. They said that they were on the board, that they were passive, passively involved and in other uh-huh. people actually ran the company. And then, you know, 2017, 18, all their emails came out in discovery. And lo and behold, that was all untrue. They micromanaged this company. Every day, <laughs> yeah. Right? They, they, they keep people. So I am stunned. I'm shocked. Um, the, the criminal behavior is so flagrant, so dishonest. And then that created the opioid crisis. And it wasn't like they sparked it and started it. They sparked it, they started it, and then they poured gasoline on it. Yeah. Like yeah. making the flames grow higher and higher and higher <laughs> for decades. Right. And in doing so, made billions and billions mm. of dollars. And they're going to get away with it, right? So I thought, I have to do this. So um, I come up with the show, come up with a full pitch for the show. I go to my studio, which is 20th, which is uh, in, in the Disney empire. Right, right. And I sell it to my studio, right? Simultaneously, about three or four weeks later, Fox 21, another studio in the Disney Empire, (laughs) they go and they buy the book Dope Sick in a bidding war, Uh. not knowing about my project at 20th. Okay. So I read about this on Deadline Hollywood (laughs) that, that Fox 21 has bought Dope Sick. Right. Right. And I'm like, what (laughs) What did happen? Um, And so they uh, they actually asked if I would I would perhaps team up with them on the project. So I read the book Dope Sick. I loved the book Dope Sick. I thought Mm -hmm. it was wonderful. Uh I had this meeting with Beth Macy, um, who wrote the book, and and she was an incredible person. And Warren Littlefield was the producer of that project. Uh So I would inherit, you know, this book this iconic producer and, um, and Beth, uh, and, and, and I just said, okay, let's do it. So we all teamed up and Beth became an integral part of the team. She co-wrote two episodes with me. She was in the writer's room and I absolutely love her. So that was, that was sort of the weird journey of of how this came to be. And then, uh, and then Hulu uh, eventually made it. Wow. I I just, that, it's so funny that two studios within the Disney Empire aren't communicating like, oh, by the way, we just bought this pitch. <laughs> oh, wait wait a minute. We just bought this. That's crazy to me that there's no like intercommunication yeah. there, right? Like, Well, so here's what happened is that it was just a weird time because those two studios, 20th and Fox 21, were part of um, the News Corp. Verse. Right, right. The big merger, right. Disney goes and buys it. And then now there's three studios because there's ABC family. That's well, right. And they're trying to f- kind of like find their, you know, footing on who's going to cover what now. Right. So that's what happened is in the cracks, this <laughs> fell in the cracks while these studios were kind of like finding their place in the new Disney empire. Um, and, uh, and, and then now they've combined them. They're just one studio. Right. Right. I, you know, and I don't think it was just because of what happened with dope sick, but it, you know, there was, I don't know, maybe it was inefficient having <laughs> two studios kind of doing the same thing. Uh, take uh, so credit, just take credit. Thing. Right. It's all you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And I'm super curious too, because as you know, we are super into the entertainment industry. You know about our, uh, industry news segment. What's the timeline for this thing? Was it kind of like floating around there, like right after the 
the merger of these studios or did it happen during the pandemic or what was the timeline? When did this thing kind of like start growing into what it is now? Well, I sold it um, in 2019. Okay. And I wrote it in 2019, kind of slowly. Yeah. I really wanted to take my time. Definitely. I thought this is a fantastic story. This is just, you know, kind of one for the ages, that kind of story. Um, and so I, I was really deliberate in writing the pilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when Hulu, when it finally came around to Hulu, it actually started at FX and mm-hmm. then it went over to Hulu. And once it landed at Hulu, they greenlit it immediately. Oh, in wow. February of 2020. Like they, you know, by yeah. right, they, they got it on a, on a Saturday. And by Tuesday, <laughs> they said, you're doing it. <laughs> right. And so that was in February. And then Barry Levinson came on board, which is one of my heroes. Unbelievable, right? Right. right. Um, and then, uh, and then the pandemic hit. So, so then all of a sudden, it was this writers' room in lockdown, writing the scripts. I had four other writers. Oh my goodness! Um, and then I'm casting it simultaneously, and it was this crazy thing where I just kept going. The writers' room was virtual, but I never. I kind of, it was hard to believe it was actually going to get made. Right. You know, it's like, how is any, when's anything going to be back in production? When's it, you know, there's all these things that just felt like this is impossible, but I'm just going to keep moving forward. Um, until I'm told whatever I'm going to be told. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so that was, that was 2020 writing the script. And then lo and behold, around July or August, they figured out these protocols for production, the people that figured them out. Uh, you know, I thank you to the, from the bottom of my heart, um, as does everyone in the industry. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden, we all got back to work. And by the way, like not not everyone, but it, we started to get back to work. And um, they uh, and I kept waiting for who to pull the plug because the cast, as you know, started. We started casting all through the summer. Yeah. Right. Amazing people came on board, and it was a pretty expensive show for for the subject matter. Right. Um, and then they, but they said, no, we're going. And I love Hulu for, for doing that, you know? <laughs> seriously, seriously. Yeah. Well, uh, and I mean, Barry Levinson and Warren Littlefield, I mean, like, and for anybody who doesn't know Warren Littlefield, NBC, Warren Littlefield, right? Like, like way right. back in the day, right? That's like, I mean, legendary. Um, so yeah, yeah well, good. I'm glad you, you brought up. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just, uh, and Barry Levinson for anybody, Rain Man. I mean, I, I feel like I have to throw those references the out there, but if you don't, exactly. But if you don't know Rain these guys, out. come on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, one of the so, yeah, you brought up cast though. And so like, I, I just did when you were writing this, right? Because this has <laughs> got to be one of the most unbelievable casts ever assembled for a series, right? One, was it always like put forth as a series? Was that always the plan? Or was there ever a point where you thought, let's develop a movie? And two, did you have these people in mind? when you were writing, like, oh man, I have this dream cast that I'm kind of like writing this for. How, talk about the casting process and, and about that a little bit. Sure. So it actually started, um, it was pitched to me as a movie when John Goldwyn took me to that fateful breakfast right. all those years ago. <laughs> right. And um, it was supposed to be, his, he just thought, do you want to write and direct a movie about this? And then the more I researched it, the more I thought, mm, it's too, I need more. I right. need more. This is too big a story to just do in two hours. But I always wanted it to be a limited series. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, because the spine of the show is this investigation that these U- this U.S. attorney and his assistant U.S. attorneys made against Purdue Pharma. Right. And it ended in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's a really good ending to the show mm-hmm. because it tells 
the origin story of the opioid crisis by following these prosecutors that are bringing a case against Purdue Pharma. Right. And that, and that, that case, you know, unfortunately doesn't end exactly how um, history would have liked it to have ended. Right. But, but there is something profound about that in and of itself. Uh, and so I felt like there's a, actually a complete story here by doing 96 to 2007. It's the origin story of the opioid crisis, and it gives you an understanding of how it was able to flourish post that, even though these prosecutors made a killer case against Purdue. Right, right. You know, they put it together, you know, and, and Purdue did plead guilty in 2007 to felony misbranding. Uh-huh. And so they had to plead guilty to these statement of facts. And these statement of facts are so damning. <laughs> you know, like that's been forgotten um, because they just keep moving. They just keep moving yeah. and they keep lying and right. they keep selling, right? You know, that's what, that's, that's Purdue's, you know, pop culture signature is that they are pathological criminal liars. Right. Okay. So, um, so then with cast, it was, um, you know, we, the first offer we made was to Michael Keaton. Uh, yeah, we never just... believed he would say yes because it was an ensemble. <laughs> Right. You know, it wasn't the lead, you know, kind of the main character, but it's still an ensemble. Sure. Right. He, he hasn't done television since 2007. So it was sort of like this Hail Mary, why not try? Uh, let's see what happens. And then lo and behold, you know, he, I, we have a phone call. And then by the end of the phone call, I'm I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's going to do it. <laughs> he's going to do it. And then uh, and then it still it took a little more time. But then eventually. Um, it came back, you know, Keaton's in. Yeah. Um, oh. And then, so now I had Barry Levinson and Michael Keaton and we're off to the races. Sure. I mean, it's so, like, who's not going to want to join that, right? Exactly. Like, who doesn't want to work with Michael Keaton? You know who wants to work with Michael Keaton? Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, it's so funny because all the actors worship him too. You know, he holds this unique place in American culture where you just love Michael Keaton and you really admire him because he's an incredible actor. Yes. So it's this kind of twofer that goes on with him. Uh, that was so fun to see everyone. And by the way, Keaton, he's like the coolest guy ever. You know, <laughs> I mean, just once we started hanging out on set, it was like the most down to earth movie star I've ever met. So I had a great time with him too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then people just started, you know, at, Pretty much everyone just they just wanted to do the show. I mean, um, and people love the pilot and and you know Keaton and Levinson and there we go. And I'm super excited for everybody to see it because it's definitely something that is still going on in today's society, especially with everything going on with COVID. But then, like when we saw the trailer, like hair on my arms literally <laughs> stood up, and I was like, "This thing's gonna win so many Emmys, and little Quinny is gonna get another one." <laughs> That's right. I was so That's excited. Right. Clear the shelves, man. It's gonna happen. And full disclosure, you know, we were we were lucky enough to be graced to be able to watch the screeners and. Uh, people's minds are going to blow it's when they crazy. see this show. Um, I, I'm I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. I mean, you've got Rosario Dawson and Philip Asu and Will Poulter and Peter Sarsgaard and like these just this phenomenal cast. But I'm going to say it. This might be Keaton's best performance since Birdman, if not his best performance ever. There are moments mm-hmm. in this thing where I was just like. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's jaw dropping. And Caitlin Deaver. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! Yeah. How phenomenal is Caitlin? The two of them are so amazing 
in a show filled with amazing performances. Yes, yes. Everyone's incredible. You know, Rosario's incredible, and Sarsgaard's incredible, and Stuhlbarg is Mike is Richard Sackler. Oh my right? gosh, you're know? right. Like so good. Amazing. But but man, Keaton, but but Keaton and Deaver, their roles are kind of the heart of the show. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and it's and it's and they deliver, you know, just a thousand percent. I mean, Caitlin Deaver is I, I can't, she has one of the hardest parts in the show. Agreed. You know, what's where she has to go to emotionally. Mm-hmm. And she would walk on set and just first take, crush it, whatever, how complicated it was. It didn't matter. Caitlin Deaver is going to crush this scene every single time. Yeah. And, you know, we started calling her Little Meryl Streep. Because that's what it felt like, you know? And everyone, I remember at one point, uh, this incredible character actor turned to me and he was like, I'm sick of getting my ass kicked by this. <laughs> you know? It was like, it was just, she's just so amazing. And, and, and Keaton, too, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, that performance, uh, you know, it's awesome when, you know, your beloved iconic movie star also hits it out of the park. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe out of the stadium. Right. I mean, it's just, <laughs> The performance, the performance by the two of them is staggering. And yeah. Then, you know, you, I think you've seen the first five, right? Right, right. right. Yeah, and episode six is Rosario's big episode. So oh, I'm yeah, see, see. Well, we, we, we got six and seven, so that's like, you know, we're totally oh, going to. come in? Oh, today. Got that wow. today. Yeah, okay. yeah. With okay. a list of things not to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. But nice. I, I have to ask, okay, so so he, you, you just, he's a huge movie star. You love him. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to land him. You did not bring out the Robin suit, did you, Danny? You, did, you didn't oh, bring no, out the Robin I, suit to Batman. Obviously, I did. I, mean, like, I got to close this. Come on. Come on. And by the way, he, he was just like, you know what? You got the part. You're Robin. I love, um, I was I like love it. Dream when I was 15 to be Robin. I mean, seriously. That's so, so fantastic. This, this is the lead in. You're, this is your big announcement. You're going to be in The Flash, right? You're yeah, gonna... I'm in The Flash. Yeah. I'm in The Flash. I, I didn't get cast as Robin. I got cast as his, like, nebishy cousin, Joey. <laughs> What was Robin's that last is, name? Did he even have a last name? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What, Grayson, Dick Grayson, right? Yeah, Depending Dick on Grayson. which Robin, Robin we're going with, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm oh. Joey Grayson. <laughs> Joey Grayson. Please write that. Please write that. Oh my goodness. Speaking of writing, though, like you, we're talking about the performances of this cast, right? And I think that we can easily say. You know, their performances are the best we've seen from them or they're off the chart this way or that way. And let's be honest about it. That's because and, – and anybody follows us on social media, we tout this all the time. But we truly believe this. Your writing is genius. Oh, the thanks. dialogue is like so ama- – everything you do, the dialogue is just there. Right. So it's easy to take those performances to that level when you're able to take what you've written on the page and put it out there. Right. So it starts there. And this this series is written so phenomenally and the relationships and the character building that happen over this period of time. And I love how it bounces back and forth. Right. It's you're not in that one solid year the whole time or whatever, the bounce back yeah. and forth. The way you were able to lace that together and build these character relationships and these developments are, is just fantastic, man. Uh, thanks so much. It was such a complicated narrative device. I bet. Timelines, you know, just doing four intersecting stories, right? right. In different worlds. That's complicated. But I was like, how could I make this harder on you? <laughs> Let me do them in three different time periods. That's right. And we're going to intersect them all. And, and it was really ambitious. You know, the early on Hulu, 
you know, they kept saying, um, you know, we're, 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 you know, this timeline, it's very hard to pull that off. And I, I kept saying, no, it's going to be great. Don't worry. I got it. It's going to be great. But I literally had no idea. If I <laughs> so I was lying through my teeth to them being just, you know, I got this. And then, you know, uh, at a certain point, I started to feel a flow and a rhythm to it. And by episode, by script three, they started feeling really good about it, right? And then we went back and tweaked the first two on the timelines because I learned a little bit more about how to do it and how to finesse it. And but yeah, unusually complicated um, to 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 do that. But I thought it would be a more exciting way to tell the story. You know, having these guys investigating in one time period as we're watching the crimes and the victims in another time period, right? right? Yeah. And then you had another investigator, the DEA agent, is in another time period, and if you could sort of intertwine them in a way it could come together almost as if this giant puzzle that's revealing itself um and i thought that could add an element to the suspense and the excitement and the mystery because you know the the subject matter is so heavy oh yeah so emotional and you know you're dealing with with a, a tragedy you're dealing with addiction at the same time if the whole show was that i just don't i don't think anyone would want to watch it i think it would be too unrelenting right so to have these investigative storylines mm-hmm. that are actually at times quite exciting and quite shocking when you see what they've uncovered right um, intertwined with uh with with you know the tragic addiction story and then intertwined with this demented family um <laughs> right. and there and this pharma company <laughs> yeah storyline I just thought if they're all working in tandem, um, it could make for a really dynamic tone. Yeah. And everyone, you know, early on when I was pitching it, they said, you know, that's really ambitious. And I thought, well, look, well, I'll write the script if it doesn't work. All right. (laughs) But if it does work, it could be pretty great. Oh, yeah. And that was my that was that was what I kept telling everyone. And and luckily, Hulu said, yeah, let's let's, you know, let's give it a go. (laughs) I can't tell you enough how badass i think hulu is for making this agreed um there was a rival project in netflix that scared other people off right Mm. because rival projects are really scary i totally got it it's so demoralizing (laughs) (laughs) they beat you out and hulu was just really fearless um and they just embraced it and have embraced it every step of the way and i think they're becoming it sort of reminded me of you know, when I did Recount and Game Change at HBO, right. it was the golden era of HBO. Right. Um, they were just, you know, at this artistic level uh, that really no one else was at. And I, you know, I feel Hulu coming into this golden age. Right. Yeah. And with really original programming, really, di- you know, unique, diverse stuff. And uh, and so I love that. I, I feel like maybe I'm a part of it. Maybe I'm a part of of this this sort of next golden age of this company that's 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 on their way. Definitely. Or not even on their way. I mean, I'd say they're there. They're right there. Yeah, yeah completely yeah. agree. And I love the underlying story of Rosario Dawson's character in law enforcement and how they're like, if you overstep, you're a bitch. But if you understep, you're a pushover. I love that because that doesn't get talked about enough Nearly in enough. any projects because there is that double standard. And we do need to address that situation in the room to where, hey, she is also just a human being trying to make it in this world. And that is very important right now. So I was glad to see that too. And I like how you did it at work 
and, and at, at home, home because she mm. was dealing with that same situation with 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 her significant other and, and she's a powerful woman and how's that playing in that relationship the relationships like i said that you were able to develop you know between uh the philippa sue and uh, oh my gosh and like you actually made people hate eliza right. what <laughs> <laughs> what is going on like but you know there's a point where you're like oh i i might not like her i yeah. mean you know yeah. It's amazing, man. More uh, twists and turns coming that way. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. my goodness, man. Just By the way, the absolute coolest, too, Philippa. Oh, I, I, can I, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... She's so cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we man. also have to uh, give kudos to you because after our first conversation, our first interview with you, we started writing our project yes. and we actually finished our first short film. So we just want to give yeah. you credit because we it was it was for your words that gave us the strength and the momentum to keep moving forward and to create our own projects and get the, everything out there, especially in a global pandemic. So we want to thank you. Oh, without oh doubt. God, I love it. I yeah. love it. So, so now what you got to do is you got to go write the next one exactly well, yeah that, that that's the thing man we, we're yeah. already we're already in the process of optioning the next film right the next screenplay and, and, do, and doing the next directing gig and we're just having a blast writing the series man it, it, it's like you truly do inspire us you are somebody oh, that we that I'm that so we that we look that up to you know our goal is to get our series greenlit like maybe hulu you know so here's here's what i find um is key is to um, have as many thing as many things going as they that you could make good. Yes, mm. yeah. Right? Because it's so hard to get anything made. Yeah. Right? And so it's 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 like you don't want to like write one thing and then spend the next three years, you know, with it around your neck, you know, the chain. <laughs> That's right. right. Get this script made, and I will do nothing else. Until That's right. This masterpiece is told. You know, it's it's absolutely work on getting that made and do everything you need to do. But there's no reason why you can't write the next one and That's then the right. next one after that, you know. So, so it, and it makes the writing better. Agreed. Because the like, writing improves the more you do it. Well, that's and that's what you said the first time you yeah, spoke yeah. to us. Like you're not a writer unless you're writing. You need to be yeah. writing all the time, right? So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that's the same as with directing or producing or whatever you're doing. You're not that unless you're doing it. Yeah. And see, the wisdom continues. Like yes, there you go. <laughs> always. This well, is why we really for you guys. Yeah, that's very exciting. Thank you. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. This is why we really have you on to pick your brain about how you do things. <laughs> whatever you guys need, I'm here for you. That's uh, right. That's right. Thank you so much. Oh, Oh my gosh, like seriously, we we are just so thrilled to have you on. Like I said, we're not joking when we say clear some space because this thing is winning Emmys. This thing is going to uh, Oh yeah. I mean without For doubt. Sure. The story is so important. Exciting. The cast Thank performance you. is there, the writing is there, the directing is there. It's like the full package. If this thing doesn't win Emmys, I, I mean, we'll start a campaign. We'll be like, well, <laughs> like what the fuck? Why is this thing not having Emmy? Cuz it would be in, it would be a huge oversight if it does not. Seriously. Yeah. You guys are so deserving of it. I, we can't wait for people to see it. We're so blessed to have been able to see some of the episodes already. I am telling you, people aren't ready for this thing, man. They are not ready. <laughs> well, you're almost done. I mean, six and seven, and then the last one's eight. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm still editing eight right now. So, um, and I just finished uh, Passes on Six and Seven. I actually didn't know they'd sent them out to people. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I wasn't expecting it today. Like, what were the chances that we'd get that today when we're interviewing you? That's yeah, so funny that, yeah. that it kind of came. You know, because it's 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 just you know I edit all the episodes right, right. so I'm just like 
churning them out one after the next. And, and uh, I directed the last two. So I directed seven. Oh. So excited for you to see that. Yes. So super and, pumped. And then I directed the finale too. So. Uh, that's good because you're a brilliant director as well. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> and, and, yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen his film, please watch his film, Rebel and Rise. It's so good. So good. Um, yeah. And look at you. Just like, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I said it at the top of the show, but it, it, it's actor, producer, director, you know, writer. It's everything, the whole package, man. And, and, I think the community is truly blessed to have you up and comers like ourselves and all of our listeners out there that are trying to do it are blessed to have you. And I, I just think you're an inspiration for people out and, and seeing what you're able to accomplish and the things that you're able to do. Um, there's a reason why Keaton said yes. Right. Uh, don't kid yourself. It's like he read that pilot or he sees that or hears that pitch and he listens to you and he's like, oh, I got to work with this guy. But first you're Robin, you know, you're Joey Grayson, but <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm going to not work with Joey Grayson, you know, but seriously, it, it takes quality to attract quality. And, and so don't, don't, you know, sell oh, yourself man. short, man, that cat, that cast assembled because of who's involved. So I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And it means so much to me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, uh, often in, in sort of my daily life, um, you're, I, I just feel like I'm a pinata just getting beat up all the time yes. you know, with notes and the rejection and they don't want this project <laughs> and that project, right? right? And, you know, it's like to come on your show and to hear something like that, actually, it actually does mean a lot to me and really affects me. So, and you guys have been amazing supporters on Twitter. I absolutely love it. Well, um, and, and ditto, man. Yeah. You, you're always so responsive and always so, you, you know, you have been huge for us. So we greatly appreciate it. Right back at you. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. And, and hey, for anybody who wants to know, yes, your significant other makes an appearance, which I was so thrilled to see, man. I, I love that. Yeah. And that's a fantastic little scenario that plays out right there, too. So, yeah. so that's yeah, she amazing. Nailed it, didn't she? Oh, oh she, yeah. she absolutely did, man. <laughs> yeah, She's really phenomenal as well, man. Like yeah. I said, quality attracts quality. So, there there, you yeah. Go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> lucky guy. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe one more of your uh, favorites out there will be uh, showing up soon. Oh, really? I think I might know because this gentleman of it's like in everything ever, right? I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say who. <laughs> okay. Oh my See, I love that you know that though. I love that you know that he's one of our favorites. You're saying yeah. it's so fantastic, man. So That's fantastic. freaking great. Well, one more thing that we have yep. started recently, uh, since the last time you came on is Tell us an embarrassing story <laughs> that happened to you on stage and or on set that you can now laugh about and tell the story mm, about. Embarrassing story on stage or on set. Or one of I your mean, most I memorable like ones. Be, I feel like there should be endless ones. Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking <laughs> when I was preparing this one. So I mean, how could I not have embarrassing stories that are also embarrassing. I feel like every time I'm on set, I'm embarrassing. <laughs> um, I just, so, so this is only just because there was someone who no, cause I don't even want anyone to watch this. So I can't, I don't, <laughs> oh don't want to bring it any more attention. Um, um, I don't know if this is an embarrassing story more than a great story. Mm -hmm. um, but I was on set and it was on Buffy. Okay. Wait, no, I can't even tell this story. Okay, wait, what's I... another? <laughs> oh, man. Give me a name a show and maybe I can. Mad Men. What you got from Mad Men? Anything from Mad Men? Oh, you know um... what? I'll, I'll name a show because I'm pissed it didn't get a second season because I loved it. The Right Stuff. What you got from The Right Stuff? 
God, how did that? Wasn't that a really good show? It was a great show. I mean, Patrick yeah. J. Adams and all the gang. I mean, how did it not get a second season? Come on. Yeah, I had such a, and you know, that's where I found Jake McDormand. For yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. also yeah. is in Dope Sick for anybody wondering. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was Alan Shepard and he was so cool, you know. So when I'm on set as an actor, um, I'm not like scoping for talent. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, being, right. You know? <laughs> like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like a talent scout. I'm just trying to be there as an actor. But, you know, if someone's kind of an asshole, oh, I will clock that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? you know? It's like, oh, I will clock that. Maybe I don't want this person on one of my sets if I actually should. Right. And, uh, and, um, and Jake was, you know, he's a terrific actor and he's sure. such a handsome guy. And I, I don't like people that are that handsome. I don't <laughs> like them anywhere near me. You know, I'd like you to just not stand near me. Just go over there because you are so good looking that I just want you to be not part of my life. You That's, know? Right. That's right. And, uh, and, but he was so nice and he was like this great guy and he was cool. And, and, uh, and then when the show aired, um, I just thought he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when it came time to cast Brownlee, it was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, oh, what about Jake McDormand? Mm-hmm. He, you know, and he kind of looks like Brownlee. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So so uh, so that happened on set. What was some embarrassing stories from, uh, oh, I feel like I'm failing you guys right now. What about now. urinal scene you. from Billions? There's <laughs> got to be an embarrassing scene. <laughs> something with or, the urinal Or Gilmore Billions. Girls. You know we're huge Gilmore Girl fans. Yeah. Yeah. Gilmore Girls. What's... <laughs> That's an embarrassing story. Uh, okay, you're oh just gonna God. have to think on it and come back for a this third time. This is like time. the worst That's moment really of my funny. life. It's okay. It's, I feel like I hate failing you guys. I want to deliver, <laughs> but I want to deliver some. I want to deliver the goods, you know? Yeah, I yeah. Be like, oh, that's 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 really embarrassing. That story. <laughs> then we can pin mark um, it. We can like put a little like you know bookmark in it, and then next time you think about it, and next okay. time you come on, that's right. It, let me, it'll, let me, it'll be juicy. It'll be juicy. It will be. Yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, speaking of billions though before we let you go i just like anybody who hasn't watched this season yet your blow-up scene is fantastic (laughs) you are not going to be a part of this guilty you are not in it like just every single thing you do is so over the top hilarious like it's so good man i just oh man yeah i gotta come on the show every day for my ego (laughs) that's fine that is really okay Okay. bad news i get that day because it's every day there's something you know (laughs) well you you, i gotta go on the show with the guy that's right man you got the number just call him like hey i'm having a bad day tell me something i will give you something because i've been a fan for decades logan is a fan like we will tell you something to make you feel better guaranteed yeah yeah totally (laughs) the billions i mean that is just the gift that keeps giving oh my goodness so good on that show yeah and uh the show is so cool it's so well done it really is part is a great part and they know that I've got this other career and I'm pretty busy. And so they write it specifically so that I only need to be there a day or two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and so they really try and work with me to make it work. And I'm, I'm you know, going on my fifth season now. Yeah, yeah. Um, for something I thought would be two episodes five years ago. Or right. Six years ago. Did yeah. you get did you get to keep your portrait? <laughs> Well, it's so funny you say that because I asked, uh, I said, you know, when the show ends, can I, can I have the portrait? Right. The answer, I, you know, someone did say yes. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's, that's yeah. so good. I don't know, what the hell am I going to do with it though? It's ridiculous. Well, I don't <laughs> right. Know, you auction it off, man. That's see, that's a great thing to auction off for charity or something. Cause Here, so I'll give you an auction story. It's not, I, I don't know if I'd call it embarrassing, but, but it's, it's sort of funny. So they were auctioning off all the Mad Men props. Mm. Okay. Oh. 
And I saw that they had Danny Siegel's pipe for Mad Men. I nice. Yeah. Show. Yeah. And I thought I'd like to have that because I was actually Danny Siegel. So why not? Why shouldn't I get the pipe that I smoked on the show? But, but I'm so incompetent. I didn't know how to use the <laughs> So I called a friend of mine who does actually does this for a living. And he said, don't worry, I'll take care of it for you. So I'm like, okay, so, so get me the pipe. And I'm thinking, yeah, this will be, I don't know, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, right? Sure. Well, how much is, who the hell wants Danny Siegel's pipe? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I have all the things from the show. And so he calls me the next day. He's like, we got it. You got it. And I said, ah, how much? And he said, $700. I said, what? I mean, if I had known, I I was almost glad I wasn't bidding because there's no way I would have gone past $250. (laughs) But I'm like, so glad I've got the pipe, you know. Um, There's my my auction story. Yeah, that's a great story. Somewhat amusing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you. Like we said, I mean, we're here to build up that ego every time any day just shoot us a call shoot us a text we got you and anytime you are definitely welcome back on the show because you know we love having you yeah thanks i you guys are just such a blast to talk to and i'm so excited about all you got all you got going on oh man well uh, we appreciate keep up the good fight Yes, absolutely. And everybody watch Dope Sick. Drops on the 13th, October 13th, a Wednesday. Make sure you watch it because it's going to blow your minds, guaranteed. And uh, tell everybody where they can follow you because it's all about social media. We want everybody to follow you and tell you how great you are. Yeah, all right. Done and done. You're the best. (laughs) So it's it's at Danny Strong on Twitter and Strong Danny on Instagram, right? Yeah, that's it. That's That's it. it. Fantastic. Thanks so much, buddy. And uh, just best of luck and continued success, my friend. Thanks, guys. This was a fucking blast. So as always. Yeah, as always, (laughs) man. We'll do do it again down the line. And let me know what you think of 6 and 7. Message me on it. Oh, hell yeah. You know we will. Dude, thank you so much, man. Bye. See ya. See ya. Oh, my goodness. Every (laughs) single time, this man is absolutely amazing. Seriously, this guy is like, I, I can't even, there's no words to the, we joke all the time about how great he is, but look at, I, he's yeah. got to be one of the nicest guys ever, and he is always so cordial and, and always so supportive and everything, and I mean, I could not be more happy for him and the success that Dope Six going to see, and like, it, isn't it cool to see that somebody else is like so fanboy and over Keaton as we are? Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, Danny Strong fanboy is over Keaton, like, I mean, come on. Exactly, exactly. I loved every second of it, especially, I wanted to make sure we gave him kudos because it was right after our conversation with him that we started rocking and rolling with writing our series and i mean doing the short film so he deserves a lot of that oh absolutely absolutely definitely helped inspire us to do what we're doing and continues to inspire us to do what we're doing and um Woo, what an interview, man. What an interview. Every single day, we appreciate him. And thank you again, Mr. Danny Strong, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment. Yes. And this is a special one because we got yes. the one and only Rebecca Kennedy back Woo-hoo! on the show. Yeah. Ah, our forever what? guest. And, okay, right. and uh, what, what's that? What's that? Honorary Crazy Ant. Your forever guest oh. and honorary Crazy Ant. Look at that. Oh, uh, uh, woo. <laughs> It's only it. fitting I'm because scared. now you have wrapped up the dozen. This is your 12th appearance on the show. That's true. I thought you guys were keeping count. So. I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, it's hard to keep count. It, it's like so many times. It's like from the beginning. You've been there from the beginning. We love that you've been there from the beginning for us. And, and you're just the best. And yet 12. It's a, We were talking before the show. It's like an average of like three times a year that you're on since we've been doing this, which yeah. is crazy. I, we love that. 
Well, I love it. Thanks for keep, you know, you guys keep asking me back and it's great. Well, of course. Why of would we not? Course. You're awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's a great year. It's a great year. The Cowboys are doing great. So. Yes. <laughs> so good. You will I always be the forever it. guest as long as you're a Cowboys fan. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, um, we just moved into a house. And so uh, for a while we didn't have the TV set up. So yeah. we didn't ah! yeah. hear it here. Yeah. Right. So it's like I'm waiting to be able to actually watch a game for real. Um, so it's exciting. It's, it is. It's uh, really good to see, to be honest with you. But we're super excited because DC fandom is next week, so we're leading up to that. So this week's top five is top five DC shows, in which my opinion, uh, the DC shows reign over the DC movies. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you know. Uh, but as always, forever guest goes first. <laughs> And the, um, uh, they're in no particular order. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> order. And as I always clarify, like I could name many. This is just. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Our honorable mention list would be insane. You it's could pretty wild. much put, with the exception of maybe one or two, you could probably put every show on this list, but, but yeah. we can't. So we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so starting off, I'm going to go with the flash. Ooh. Yes. yes. Now, Not just because I have a friend on it, uh, Kayla. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, Yes, and so we have to clarify then. You're talking about the current Flash on the CW, not the 1990s Flash with John Wesley Shipp. Yeah. Although I mean, John Wesley Shipp is on the current Flash <laughs> as J.K. Yeah, on my list is ones that have been are recent. It's, okay. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. He's the only one that remembers the other one because he <laughs> was around. Like, yeah, it's they fine. use the suit on the new one. They use his old suit from that on the new one. Come on. It's, it's okay. And I, I do think the new one is, is great. Like, Brandon oh. and I both, oh, my yeah. husband and I both watch it. Um, we're not caught up right at the moment because of other life things but yeah um, same same so don't worry about it <laughs> it's so hard to catch up on those shows man it is it really is uh well there's my so number many, so many yeah. yes there's so many i mean especially in the arrowverse and which my number five is arrow i feel like the one that kick-started this whole thing off and i mean we're huge fans of Stephen amell still watching his success on uh stars heels uh the wrestling show which is just oh, absolutely amazing awesome. but i love arrow because like i said kick the whole thing off introduced all these other characters and showed me brandon routh is a good freaking superhero yeah i'm just man. saying i wasn't a fan of superman returns but i was a fan of the adam or is that what he was yeah know. he was the adam but i'm i'm more of a fan when they made him superman again with the kingdom come superman yeah. I, I man he looked so good in the suit as the old superman that was fantastic um but yeah arrow yeah yeah i'll agree with you sort of that they it kicked off the arrow verse for sure yeah uh um Okay, my number five, I'm taking it way back old school to my childhood crush. Are we surprised? I, I, I mean, Are what? we surprised? What? <laughs> I, she's still a crush. I'm just going to say it. I had the opportunity to meet her once down on the coast, and she's fantastic. She's a lovely woman. Uh, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. I mean, hello. That show was so ahead of its time back in the day. Like, it was just, it was a great rendition of Wonder Woman. The costume was spot on. She was great. Uh, you know, they started it off in the in the World War II era, but then brought it up into the modern time. And uh, I just loved everything about it. And 
I mean, come on. Even Patty Jenks and Gail Gadot say it's a huge inspiration for the movie. They yeah. paid homage to the movie in it. They they had her in the movie, and like, um, it, it it was just a brilliant show. So you know, I loved it. Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, <laughs> my number five. Oh my goodness! <laughs> come oh, on the show, Linda. <laughs> right, exactly. Still pulling for That's it, man. Right. Still pulling for it. All right, Rebecca, what you got for your number four? All right. Well, speaking of badass women, I'm going to go with Supergirl. Yes. She's awesome. Yes. I love it. I love it. Especially that one holds a special heart or a spot in my heart because Kevin Smith directed a lot of those episodes. So, and everybody knows Kevin Smith is one of my all time favorite directors. Yeah. And Flash. He directed a couple of Flash episodes too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I don't know that I knew that, but now I do. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, and, And Melissa Benoist was like perfect casting. Right. I mean, she was about as perfect as you could get for Supergirl. Um, and the one thing that I really enjoy about that show, too, I'm so glad you had it on the list. I guess all the Arrowverse shows is they oh. really do pay homage to all the old shows by bringing back the characters. Right. Like her mom is Supergirl, Helen Slater from the movie. You know, dad is Dean Cain from Lois and Clark. And so they do a really good job of bringing back and paying homage to the old shows and movies. And I, I love that they do that. Um, but yeah, that's such a good one. Are you excited about the, you know, the new Supergirl in the Flash movie that's coming? Are, are you excited about that? Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, me too. I, I like that, you know, she's kind of like the seemingly not hero. Like, it's not someone that you would look at and be like, oh, she's the one. And then she's right. so badass, which yep. is great. Yep. Um, Agreed. Good choice. It, good choice. So good. Women all over, to, you know, feeling of empowerment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, the next one, everybody knows I'm a huge animation fan and Kaylee Cuoco and the F-bombs everywhere. So my number four goes to Harley Quinn, the animated show that is on HBO Max right now. It's absolutely hilarious and I love how they explore that character a little bit more. And no doubt about it, Harley Quinn became more popular now because of Margot Robbie, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and kudos to... Kaylee for doing her own spin on it, right? Because when it blew up and became as popular as it became with Margot Robbie, right? Like, how do you follow that up? But boy, Kaylee did it in the animated series. It's her own Harley Quinn, and it's fantastic. And, you know, yeah. yeah. And they're all copying, you know, the original Arlene Sorkin from Batman the Animated Series, right? Because they're all kind of like playing off of that. Exactly. Which was brilliant in itself so it's just a great character but uh yeah what a good yeah good choice good choice um my number four is what Stephen amell will say and i agree with kicked off the beginning of the Arrowverse is smallville you know he says look we uh, the entire Arrowverse is built on the shoulders of smallville because if that doesn't do well for its seven or eight year run on the cw they don't even attempt to do arrow right and so i would agree with that i think i think it was it was a brilliant series right uh no flights no tights was the was was the moniker right it's all gonna you're never gonna see him in the suit and we didn't the entire run until he like exposed it at the very end right but we never did see any of the the stuff and um to this day i still think rosenbaum the best lex luther mm-hmm. i think it's the best interpretation of lex luther ever um i loved tom welling as as clark um was a fan of Erica as Lois. I just everything about the show was really, really 
amazing. And, it, you know, it showed that you can kind of tell these personal stories and, and uh, the personal life and not just all the hero stuff all the time. And it worked. And so I, I think that's why we see so much of that in these new shows, right? You do see the personal lives and, and more of that as opposed to just all the action all the time. And um, I think that's a huge credit to Smallville and what they were able to accomplish. And uh, for anybody out there listening, the new head of Paramount, Brian Robbins, co-creator of that show. Mm. Yeah, way back See? in the day, head of the class boy, co-created yeah. Smallville. Uh, yeah, yeah, with Miller and Goff, and learned so much from this show. This yeah. is why everybody should be listening because we're geeks. But <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, that's, you know, Superman was always like I always have an issue with him because he doesn't often have enough issues going right. on. Right, right. The personal life, um, you know, because he is like it's impossible. You know, it's impossible to kill or whatever. So to see the personal life and the struggle made it a lot more human for mm, me yeah. to relate to the characters. So are you watching Superman and Lois? Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't yet, but then you're going to you're going to love it because I was so wrong about that. I was like not looking forward to it cuz they had underplayed the characters on Supergirl and rightfully so because Supergirl's a star, right? But right, this yeah. show yeah. is phenomenal and it is all that they go back to Smallville and it deals heavily with them being parents and the pressures of having teenage sons and dealing with the personal stuff. And, and it's oh, amazing. Yeah. I think you're really going to like it. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out and let you know next time. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, where are we at? Number three, Rebecca, number three. All right, so I'm kicking it uh, Eye Zombie. Ooh. Yes. There you Big go. Completely forgot. Yeah. Um, loved. I don't know. It's just great. It was great. It was um, fun, entertaining, um, creepy. Like I don't know, just had had it has it all. And it I'm does. Really, really great, so. It does. And you had to have one like that on your list. You had to because yeah. you're like, I mean, or, the only or, or. I regret is that I wasn't on it. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness, that's funny. That's funny. Um, number three for me goes to Batwoman. I liked the first season with Ruby Rose. Uh, she did very well, in my opinion. Even though there was some behind the scenes, you know, stuff going on, which we never really know like what was that and but i really like what javicia is doing right now mm -hmm. uh she is absolutely slaying it as the female batwoman obviously uh black batwoman too to put some diversity into it and show some representation which is absolutely amazing but i think everybody needs to go back and watch this because it's introducing that whole squad like right um What's his face? His son, Lucius Fox's son. Yeah, yeah, his son's character becoming part of the group and everything Batwing, like yeah. that. Yeah, so it's an amazing show, and I think not enough people are watching it right now. So that's why number three for me is Batwoman. Good choice. Yes. Really good choice. Okay, so my number three, I'm kind of going along your lines, uh, Rebecca, um, and, and bringing it to the stuff that don't they didn't they never realized it's a DC property, but it is Lucifer. Oh my gosh! I gotta tell you, anybody who watches, yeah, I mean, anybody who watches the show on YouTube or listens to the podcast or whatever, they know I, I came to this late. I did not watch it when it was first on Fox. Um, I just for whatever reason, too busy, whatever. But I came to it late. I started watching season one on Netflix, and I was hooked. I can't even tell. I must have binged watched the first four seasons like in a weekend. I was like, holy sh! This is epic. Um, and then you know, season five, and then I just finished. I'm so sad it's over. Oh my gosh um absolutely brilliant show everybody in the cast is phenomenal i mean tom ellis 
brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And when they crossed him over in the in the um, Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah. crossover with the Arrowverse, was awesome. Loved that. But um, yeah, I, I just I couldn't. I really enjoyed the ending. I thought it was a fitting ending of I think how it should have been. Right, in my opinion, I don't know. I, I think most of the fans think it ended properly, but um, I don't know. But Lucifer, hard, hard to end shows. It is. Like, you know that you're going to end versus just getting canceled. Exactly, exactly. But I think their relationship, it made sense that that's how it would be. So, um, but yeah, for, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it because it's such a great ending. But um, I th- I enjoyed it. But yeah, Lucifer, a DC property for anybody who didn't know. Yeah, it's a good one, man. Yeah. It's a good one. It's crazy you caught up too before the last season. Like that shows you your determination. I was determined. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like, that's a lot. That's a lot of catching up. It was. But, I mean, come on. Dennis Haysbert as God. Could have they done any better? That was so epic. I mean, come on. Oh, my goodness. Right. So, are, what, what are we on now? Number two? Number two, Rebecca? Yes. So, going uh, Gotham. Ooh. Mm. Yes, that yes. one was almost on my list. I love the early Yeah, I like importation. the going back to, like, them as kids and seeing – where things started and it's just really all the characters really fascinating yes mm-hmm. show oh yeah ben mckenzie was fantastic as gordon i mean come on yeah i, I just it, it was a brilliant interpretation i thought agreed man agreed i loved uh seeing the joker too was that the kid from shameless is that who yep. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. i really so, liked his interpretation of the joker which is i mean you know there's or jerome because they never really did call him joker but we well, all they're so used to seeing you know obviously them as adults and like exactly they're right they're at so to see where they started and how they get where they're at is really interesting exactly exactly. agreed agreed well uh our number two really because we put it both there is dc's titans that is on hbo max started on dc universe but man oh man this show is absolutely badass don't have enough words to say about it um uh red hood slash jason todd is one of my all-time favorite characters slash villain slash heroes so i love that dynamic and how they finally introduced him in this latest season but each season they keep getting better and better and that's what i love so much about this show. yeah it's one of those rare instances where a series just continues to grow and get better and better you know most of the time it comes out of the gate and then kind of fades over the seasons but this one every season it has consistently outdone the the previous season and it's just freaking phenomenal man um and it's good to see the sidekicks right hey we're not sidekicks damn it we're we're like our own heroes and I love the interpretation of Batman that they're doing and the storyline of Batman that they're doing. Kind of the old grizzled and he's kind of like, you know, lost his way a little bit. And he's feeling regret about throwing these young kids into the whole game of this. And like, um, it's a brilliant show. The story is just fantastic. And now that it's back set in Gotham again. um, And yeah, this one had to make my list because it holds a special place in my heart because it's the very first comic book I ever bought all by myself like my own money my own thing i was like 10 and it was like you know new teen titans number one and i still to this day have every single issue of the new teen titans all the way up 
for like 30 years. So, uh, you know, I stopped collecting when they ended. High, high expectations. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. And, and I have, I've met Marv Wolfman. Uh, Emily was itty bitty, but I met Marv Wolfman and talked to him and I've emailed back and forth. And so, yeah, I was really high expectations to see these characters, Nightwing and Starfire and Raven, who have never been done live action before, right, uh, on the screen. And it was, it did not let me down. It did not let me down. Yeah, trust me. Every time there's a new episode out, because he holds it to such a high standard, <laughs> I hear about it. I hear the critiques. So just... But they're doing really well, though. They really are. Yeah. I think they're doing a great balance of comic book storylines that I love because I read all of those, and then changing it up. Whoa. So I'm getting, I'm getting excited. so excited. Change, changing it up um, and you know, kind of manipulating the story. I think they're doing a really good balance of that, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Have you checked that one out yet? Um, I'm not caught up. I've watched. I have so many shows that I need to. Oh my it's gosh. all good. I I literally because I have a calendar for like you know day jobs for like doctor's appointments things like that. <laughs> I've written in my shows now. Like literally. I have, yeah, I have like yeah. I just yeah. I finished <laughs> a Squid Game because I was like I feel like it's gonna get spoiled. I heard that one's crazy. I heard it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you watching it in English or no? So I. <laughs> I went back and forth, but there were, sometimes I'm like tired and I don't sounds bad. Like don't want to read the screen. Even right? Yet. No, right? We understand. Like my books this year, um, and the English translation is not the best always. Yeah, right. Korean, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, obviously I don't speak, I don't speak the language, but just from hearing other people that do saying that like it wasn't the best translated. Right. But you still you get it. Like you get what's going on. Right. Right. So, performances are fantastic the you are like i gotta know what's gonna what's gonna happen i gotta know what the next game is like it's yeah it's intense um but it's it's good so i did both i did both because i wanted uh to hear the actors in their own voice and then um sometimes i would watch it in um in english as well well there you go there you go and to deflect the shade off of you I will make a lot of anime fans mad out there because I am not a subtitles guy, so I make sure to watch it in an English form, which a lot of anime fans, hardcore anime fans, absolutely hate that. So <laughs> it's okay. We'll deflect that. We'll deflect it. Oh, my goodness. Well, where, where are we at? Number uh, one? Number one, yeah. What oh. you got? All right, so I got Doom Patrol. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes. They're so crazy. I hope to be on it some at some point because I just want to play some crazy. That'd characters. be amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, all the characters are so fun and, and insane and it's great. Oh, I mean we we love that show. Uh we have a special place for it because the 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 actor that plays Robot Man, not Brendan Fraser who voices him, but the actual guy that does it, he's a friend of ours. He actually auditioned oh, wow. for us way back in the day. So oh wait, which yeah, we didn't give him the part. Oops. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Where is it now? Oh, yeah, right? Like, uh oh. Uh, uh, and he's got a good singing voice for anybody who doesn't know. The part required him to sing and he sang for us or whatever. But Riley uh, Shannon, he ate Shannon. He's just a great guy. So, you know, we were all in on that show from the get go. And it is amazing, though, right? And I mean, how would you do It's like an acid trip without taking the acid. It's crazy. Like, I mean, it is so <laughs> nuts to watch. Like, it, it's yeah. just, inc- I don't know. I love everything about it. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, when you need like a really entertaining, that's a great show to watch. 
it's like, I don't need anything too deep. I just want to be entertained. Right, right. I mean, how can you not be entertained when you've got um, unmentionable ghosts uh, performing unmentionable acts almost like all over the house? Like, you know, it's entertaining as hell. It really is. Plus, we had badass Jesus on the show, Joshua McHale, <laughs> yes! beating up everybody from yes! the end of season oh two. Oh, my gosh. Like, so yeah. It's definitely one that holds a place in our heart as well. We absolutely love that one. Uh, number one for me goes to Batman Beyond, the animated series. I just love the shows that are like passing the torch moments, basically, because the, I forget his name now, and of course I do, uh, but the guy who takes over the role from Bruce Wayne as like a younger guy in Terry the future. McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. Thank you. I knew you would know it. I'm a geek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and to have an old grizzled Bruce Wayne, like teaching his way through all of these different situations I think is absolutely amazing. And uh, the Return of the Joker, the movie they did of the oh. Batman Beyond, that is one of my all-time favorite animated, animated uh, DC movies. So that's probably going to make my list next week. Just <laughs> spoiler alert for everybody who's listening. It's going to be one of them. Well, now but, they don't have to. No. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yes, my number one, Batman Beyond. Well, and my number one is the show that spawned that series. And I, it, the definitive uh, animated DC property, in my opinion, and I'm talking about Batman the Animated Series, which was heavily influenced by the 89 Batman and Tim Burton. Um, even Danny Elfman does the theme for the cartoon. Um, it, you know, was heavily influenced there, but I just think it was the absolute best interpretation of Batman that I've ever seen. You know, Kevin Conroy absolutely nails the character. Um, the way they were able to bring in all of the legendary villains, but then introduce the new ones. I mean, we were just talking about her for a whole bunch of people that don't know. Harley Quinn was introduced on that series. She was never in the comic book. She is now because she's so, but she was actually a character created for that, for that cartoon and went over so huge that they were like, well, shit. Okay. Yeah. And she just kind of exploded. But, um, there were a lot of things like that, uh, that, that, spawned from that series and it's just it's so well done and it was so you know kids watched it relentlessly right but it was so adult it was very much made for adults it was dark in tone and and dealt with a lot of different uh, subject matters that that were very adult in tone but somehow it worked kids flocked to it adults flocked to it and it, it just it yeah it was huge it was huge it was a great show yeah i i loved it and uh and like you um the the movie that spawned from it, you know, um, Death in the Family, and then The Killing Joke, mm -hmm. and all these different movies that can't Killing Joke might make my list. I mean, that's Kevin Conroy back and the Joker thing, and both the versions from the Batman and the animated series, and scary good, just scary yeah. good. So for real, man, that's great, my number one. Great list, guys, and I'm proud of us. I'm very proud of us uh, for two reasons. One. <laughs> I didn't mess up to see which number we were on this time. No, which yeah. Normally I do. You normally do. Normally I do. And number two, we didn't duplicate at all. Just Titans. Just Titans. Well, yeah. Yeah. Just that But one. that's okay. I exactly. mean, you know, it's that damn good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. that damn good. Exactly. So I'm very proud of it. I think outside the box a bit as well. Yeah. With Lucifer and, 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 and iZombie. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Have some different. 
Yep. Very proud. Very freaking proud. (laughs) Well, everybody out there who's listening and watching the top five segment, what is your top five DC shows? We want to know. Be sure to add us on social media, in the YouTube comments, or in the podcast comments. We're just all about having that fan interaction, and we absolutely love it. But now we want to talk about you, Rebecca, because (laughs) (laughs) – Almost made him spit up his – Almost lost my coffee. Oh, that's all right. It's okay. (laughs) Because you have some – exciting things coming up yes yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) well don't keep us in suspense all right let's talk about the first one first horror everybody knows you for horror right she's the horror queen you're always in these like things where where it gets all twisted and dark and psychotic so let's talk about two witches first yes Uh, like give us first of all give us the log line give us a synopsis you know tell us what it's about and everything and then talk about a little bit okay so uh try not to give anything away right right then it's not fun. But basically, <laughs> it's a, basically about I play a witch who is going to inherit um, her grandmother's uh, powers when she mm. passes away. Ooh. So um, it's it's done in uh, two parts, uh, basically. Uh, the first part is the first witch, and then the second part is where I come in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, so you're the second witch of the two witches. Yeah, of the two witches. <laughs> um, and uh, from a... <clears throat> Sorry, my voice like No, you're good. It's all good. Um, you know, living it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> finally, right? Um, yeah, so from an outside perspective, I may not be the nicest. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, one review called me batshit menacing, which oh. I, I love. I was like, I will take that. <laughs> so they've seen station 19, right? <laughs> There seems um, to be a trend, but uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so, but you know, from my perspective, my character, uh, I am someone that just wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm often overlooked and not noticed and uh, not given any credit for um, anything. And so that's, that's from me, you know, from my, my, other people may disagree, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, she's evil, but um, you know. I don't think she is because, you know, we're always, the, you know, our own hero. Of our own right, right. So. And, and uh, isn't most unruly or bad behavior, it typically stems from not getting attention, not being seen, right? Whatever you have to do to get people to notice you, right? So, yeah, you know, we can go with that. We can roll with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and it was also fun to, on the, to play a villain, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Um, and then, you know, I don't, you know, it was age 19. Yeah, she wasn't the best person. I wouldn't call her a villain. You know, she was desperate uh, for what she needed, but she wasn't like I, – I don't think she was a bad person. Right, um, right. Like, intentionally trying to hurt people. Um, she just needed help, whereas this this woman um, is a little bit beyond um, help. <laughs> Needs, yeah. So that's basically what it's about, and my cat is going to come say hello. Yes, oh, that's we okay. Love it. We normally have peanut pop up sometimes. It's all good. Oh, <laughs> look at that! Looks like my old cat Stripesy. Oh, adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until she starts crying. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically what it's about. And right now, it's doing the festival run. So yes. last night it played at Grimfest in uh, the UK, awesome. and then uh, on Wednesday it plays at Stages in Spain. And, um, and then, uh, at the end of the month, it's playing in Utah, um, at film quest. Um, and then hopefully it'll be available soon for the rest of us to, uh, be able to see. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So it was super fun. Uh, we did a lot of it 
we started before the pandemic and mm -hmm. then we got uh, stopped obviously mm -hmm. because of it. And then we finished during it. So um, that was an interesting uh, time. And it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, no doubt. Uh, was still very trying to figure out, you know, what we were doing. Uh, right. So yeah, I'm really excited. Pierre, the director, he's, he's just brilliant. Um, and uh, I think it's going to, hopefully scare people and uh, <laughs> make them queasy there's some pretty gross scenes <laughs> as well. no uh, <laughs> right um and also hopefully maybe uh to be continued oh and dun, dun, also dun. anyone that's listening uh, when you do watch it make sure you stay through the credits as there is a end scene oh see this is why we need you on to tell us things like that right oh <laughs> uh, i mean that's fantastic uh awesome and then oh, you've got a second one right los angeles which we've talked about before on the show a, a few yeah. times um epic poster with you in the car and like the whole yeah oh, okay. I, I, yeah i love that that's like that's one of my favorite photos um so talk about that one now people can can we actually see that one now or yeah, what so we're going to be able to start um so i uh it's going to the ojai film festival on uh, november 7th mm -hmm. um and then um it's going to be opening um i don't i can't say all the details yet of where right no <laughs> but on november 20th okay be available to be seen fantastic so, really and just remind everybody a little bit about what that one's about yeah so i play a mute that goes on a uh a journey with an escaped convict. Oh wow! So, um, <laughs> That's enough right there. <laughs> exactly. Sold. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Like. <laughs> That's an interesting story. Just like right there, you don't even have to say anything else. Like that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's different. It's it's not a horror. <laughs> it's not a thriller. There's no scary parts. Um, it's really an adventure story um, and uh, also a love story in, of sorts. Yeah, not your nice. not your uh, typical love story by any means. <laughs> Um, but you know, of sorts of, of redemption and finding your way back and, um, you know, lost people who are trying to be found who, um, maybe do find their way. Awesome. So I think it's a really beautiful film. Uh, Mitch Temple, the director, um, he did an amazing job. I'm really excited for people to see it because it's different. It's a different role for me <laughs> as well. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm really excited for you guys to see that one too. Oh, uh, no, it, I mean, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and doing yeah, this with us and everything and talking about the projects because you have just like an unbelievably amazing fan base and rightfully so because you're unbelievably amazing and you're always so wonderful and always so great to come on and do these things with us. And uh, I can't wait for everybody to see the movies. Um, I know I know they're going to be huge and uh, everybody's going to love them. And uh, as always, forever guest, open invite always. whenever you want to come back you just say or we'll call you up when we want you to come back and say hey um you know thank you for sporting the merch love that yes. you're so awesome yes. i was like oh what, what like oh i the perfect shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my goodness you're just phenomenal thank you so much and congrats on the house oh that that's oh, amazing thank right thank like, so totally it's adulting long, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. do you have your halloween costume picked out yet no, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, not yet. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. This this place needed some work. So I, no. I, we understand. We understand. Well, we know how you're super into it, so that's why I asked. Like, that's right. I remember. Yeah, I can get something together. Uh, I, I have some ideas. I'm just not sure yet what I'm gonna do. So I love it. 
I love. And I like. Hopefully, this year we can actually do stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point. Exactly. Well, thank you so much again. We appreciate you as always, and like we said, just we'll be talking to you like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me again, of and course. I look forward to being on the show again. Of yeah. Course. Of course. You know you will. Maybe Halloween. Maybe maybe the Halloween show. You never know, right? <laughs> All right. Take care. Tell the hubby we said hello, and uh, we will definitely be in touch with you soon, okay? I will. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Now heading over to the box office recap. Man, oh man, Venom set some records this past weekend. Uh, And uh, super excited about it. I will admit I was definitely wrong. I did not think it was going to overperform like this because, goddamn. Like, I mean, it, it... like majorly overperformed. Yeah. I mean by like almost thirty million dollars. Yeah. I'm not sure anyone was really expecting this. Uh but of course it came in at number one with ninety million dollars, which is insane. The top of the box office since the pandemic. So kudos to Venom and kudos to Sony, but really it's kudos to Marvel. Right. Because that's really what it is. And and just to show you how par- powerful Marvel actually is. Venom, as awesome and epic as that was, is on pace to drop more than 60% this weekend. So see, Sony did not have that full Marvel magic to where it can maintain small drops. But, I mean, that happens when you overdo, like, in the first week, right? So Exactly, exactly. And uh, in my opinion, there's no rewatch value in this one either. So, I mean, I... Like I said, in my opinion, I think it lived up to the first one because I thought they were both just okay. They really didn't go above and beyond like normal Marvel movies do. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that, but the next one will. Oh, yeah. and uh, Because I'm pretty sure we can throw this out there because at this point everybody's seen it. Yeah. It finally does what everybody expected it to do. It connects the MCU and the Sony Spider-Man universes together. We will finally see Tom vs. Tom, Holland vs. Hardy, (laughs) Spidey vs. Venom. It's going to happen. And if I just did spoil it for you, too fucking bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oopsies. Oopsies. Yeah. I mean, overall, it was worth it just to get to that spot. Like, seriously. Uh, Number two was the Adams family the sequel I was honestly surprised because I absolutely forgot this one was coming out right but I mean it has an A-list cast attached to it so it came in at number two with 17.3 million uh, number three was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with 6.1 million and number four is a disappointing The Many Saints of Newark the Sopranos prequel that came out that also simultaneously released on HBO Max which HBO and Warner media is trying to say that they did huge streaming numbers for it but i call bullshit i'm just throwing that out there so you don't believe the story that we ran i mean I, they did one million households come on now yeah i mean, they, I, mean I like i mean uh, yeah it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you believe the industry news or not but logan does not, does not. we've clarified logan no. no he calls bullshit on that story it's such a disappointment <laughs> it came in at with 4.7 million at the fourth seat oh which I said is disappointing. And number five is Dear Evan Hansen, second week out, um, and came in at two and a half million. Which is surprising because the way this thing is getting hammered, the fact that it's hanging in the top five is surprising. Well, yeah, and I mean, it dropped, I 
I forget what it got its first weekend, around like seven, right? I think, but only dropping five million, I for sure would have thought it would have dropped under a million dollars. Yeah, but agreed. I mean, it's such an important story to be told, and be sure to check out Is It Worth It? because we did a review on Evan Hansen. That's so that's right. dropping on Monday, so be sure to check it out. But new movies that are coming out this weekend are. About time, finally. <laughs> James Bond, 007, No Time to Die. Yeah. Such a fitting ending. You He's already seen it. Seen it. I'm seeing it tomorrow, maybe tonight. Who knows? I don't know. But definitely this weekend, and then you'll hear all of our it's thoughts It's such it. a fitting ending. Yeah. Like, I was so happy with it. I'm so happy they waited. I know we've been hammering, like, just release, at least me. I've been hammering about just release the movies on a streamer <laughs> somewhere fuck but i'm really glad they waited because this one is worth the wait daniel craig is absolutely amazing um and i mean i'm just saying the younger audience i feel like is not much of a james bond fan um the way they released his movies like they're so spread out in such a wide span of time that i feel like it didn't really generate a mass young audience appeal but for me who's only seen a couple out of his like five i think that he's done I loved it, and I want to go back and watch every single one of them because Daniel Craig was a damn good James Bond. Well, and it's interesting that you said that too because he's now the longest tenured James Bond, yeah. the longest tenured actor to play James Bond because of the delays in the films and because of the long gaps in between his films. Yeah. He doesn't have the most films as James Bond, but he has the most time as James Bond, which is interesting to me. Like Roger said, Moore still holds the record for the most films as James Bond, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see it, and then we can talk about it. So it's really good, guys. Like I said, be sure to go out and see it, and uh, I said this in my post, definitely one of my most favorite entertaining movies that I've seen so far this year. Really freaking worth it. Number two, that another movie that is coming out this weekend is Lamb, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, <laughs> number three, Mass. Maybe they're holding Mass for the Saints of Newark, which just died at the box office. Or, and that's the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, south of Heaven. Sounds what, like something they would do in the South. Sa- for exactly. Heaven. For Lucifer. <laughs> and, have, and also The Rescue, which who knows where these movies are playing. If they're showing at your local theater, be sure to head out and support your local cinema because it's all about going to the theater. That for sure sounds like a story. No time yeah. to die for the lamb because they tried to give him as a sacrificial lamb at mass, but he didn't make it to heaven because they rescued him. <laughs> I mean, it's just a full story of the a movies. Full that... story right there. <laughs> right there. Now you don't have to see any of them. Exactly. Like, okay. Movies you can still go see, surprisingly enough, because the way they're releasing movies, there's only like one big movie coming out every weekend. Uh, Free Guy, which has been out forever now. Still, do you have you seen it yet? I have not you yet. You didn't see that one. Free Guy. Free Guy. Uh, Candyman. Uh, Jungle Cruise. Charlemagne uh, Poot. Three, sure, whatever the fuck that is, and the Jesus music. That's right. So yeah, and if you throw in that the fact that Shang Chi is still out there too, like we talked about, right? That's three. Uh, and fuck it, just because they are a part of it, you know, with with the Venom thing, that's really like four that Disney is just capitalizing on. Yeah. Disney is slaying the box office during the pandemic. They should have done it for Black Widow. 
Just saying. Just saying. That's why she got paid. Uh, just saying. Uh, IMDb Pro top trending segment. You guys know we love it. We use it all the time during our interviews, and our guests will also attest to it that it is the Bible in the entertainment industry. Facts. So if you're breaking into it, you need this app. It is the one-stop shop for everything you need. The top trending movie this week is Indiana Jones 5. Why? I have no idea. Oh, uh, let's see. There, a, uh, there it is. Yeah, like, uh, let's consult the Bible. And, let's consult and the Bible. See what happens. Uh, if there is anything that that's a reason why, you know. Did Harrison crash a plane again? <laughs> Did he crash a plane again? Is that what happened? Uh, it's quite possible. I mean, I don't, I don't you know. really never know, man. You really never freaking know. With, I mean, with how old he is and how kind of senile, I will say it's a little dangerous. Okay, so this is like according to the Bible, IMDb. Uh, it's because some new set photos being back on set after its little shutdown, temporary shutdown, were revealed. Uh, really? And that's going to make it number one? Just because – what? Indiana with a walker. Like, come on now. I mean, it's just, for eh, real. Yeah. Come but on now. The top trending TV show is The Last of Us, which hasn't come out yet, but we've seen some also on-set photos. So IMDb is really tracking a lot of those photos apparently um, <laughs> with Pedro Pascal. And remember, this is the video game one that's coming out. So that's we're super right. excited about that. And the top trending star is – Hamish Linklater, um, who is this guy? Uh, well, apparently he is making Midnight Mass's massive orgy of violence. What? Yeah, Massive so, so orgy of violence. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even making that up. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. That's why he's in the nude. Uh, in the nude. More <laughs> in the news. I'm sure he's in the nude, too, if yeah. it's a massive orgy. But... <laughs> Oh my goodness! Wow. What? It's naked news. It's naked news. There it is, naked guys. Naked news. That's you... why. There's your IMDb Pro trending segment right there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's only coffee. It's I swear to coffee. God, it's only coffee. Uh, we got to thank our guest one more time, Danny Strong, for coming on the show and f- such a phenomenal interview. Uh, oh we love my this gosh! Guy. And watch Dope Sick this Wednesday. Yes, you, you won't be disappointed. You won't. You won't. And if you're not already, which most of you are, be sure to follow him on social media. Strong Danny on Instagram and Danny Strong on Twitter. Yes. You guys know you can follow the company and the podcast on all social media platforms. The podcast is at ItCaf Podcast, and the company is at Crazy Ant Media. And our interns are just killing it right now, yes, guys. Yes, they are. I mean, you get to interact with them. You, they're making videos about their own opinions about stuff we haven't even seen yet. So we appreciate them. They're rocking and rolling with everything they do. They so. Seriously, there's a reason Danny gave him a shout out. Exactly, N- and exactly. not just because we told him. No. Like, no, no. no. <laughs> All kidding aside, and of course, huge thanks again to uh, forever guest Rebecca Kennedy, and you can follow her on social media everywhere. It's at Rebecca Kennedy on Twitter and at Becca on Instagram. Yes. Um, just man, so much, so much. It was a huge show, guys. It was a huge show. You guys know you can follow us both personally on social media. Myself at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's great. That's right. And you guys know you can. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, so much more. Oh my gosh, guys. If you're listening to a podcast on a podcast platform, chances are we're on there as well. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching the video on YouTube, we're adding so much more content on there. So that's why you should subscribe to the YouTube channel, ring the bell, like the video, all the good stuff on yes. YouTube. We want to get more traction there. And we have a specific intern now just for YouTube. So things are looking amazing here That's at Crazy right. Media. That's 
soon we'll be referring to the Crazy Ant Empire. Literally. Like the Disney Empire. Exactly, guys. Exactly. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We've got shirts. we got hats. we got new fall merch coming out. Christmas merch is right around the corner. And we all know that you guys love that Christmas merch. I mean, and look how good the merch looks. Look how great Rebecca Kennedy looked in that shirt, right? Exactly. It's like fantastic merchandise, guys. You know you want to be an honorary Crazy Ant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a great show. Honestly, I love just the interviews, both interviews that we had, I think were my favorite parts of the show. Oh, without doubt. I mean, they were both epic and and always are. It's always a blast to have both of them on the show. They're always so fun and entertaining and always so gracious to do it and and come on and and share their stuff with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely my favorite parts of the show, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, what else can we say? It It was pretty epic. It was, man. It was. And House of Dragon finally got a trailer. That is another freaking exciting thing of mine everybody knows i'm a huge game of thrones guy so i'm excited I, yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm not gonna you i'm still you know upset and and basically you know don't know how to feel about bobby's exit on billions yeah. but i'm gonna get past it i oh, love okay. Corey stoll i love i love the prince character so i'm just but but if you know i'm still kind of like mixed about it yeah yeah man <laughs> But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. We always appreciate it. You know who would be a great billionaire to have on Billions? Yes. The only one. That's right. Oprah! Oprah!